It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome to the Around the Ozark Sports Scene. I am Scott Perrier. Pleased to have you join us for this podcast. And as we start off each one of these, we kind of take a look ahead at what's coming up this weekend in the world of Ozark sports and kind of what's happened the past weekend. And so basketball season is here. Uh, Lady Bears and Bears have both had their season openers as we tape this. Lady Bears open with a, a five-point road win at Little Rock, which was a nice turnaround from their one exhibition game that didn't go so well with uh, a Division II team there. But uh, got back on the right track, opened the season with a win. They are now idle till a road game at St. Louis University next Wednesday. I think it could be a really special year for Beth Cunningham's Lady Bears, and uh, you'll have to wait a while to see them at home because their first home game is November 22nd versus Southeast Missouri State. Meanwhile, the uh, men's uh, basketball team over at Missouri State uh, opened the season with a 67-59 loss at West Virginia. Bears led 30-24 to at halftime. Uh, really wasn't uh, that uh, big a deficit as it seems because it was a one-possession game with about a minute to play. Uh, really liked the fight in this Dana Ford uh, Bears team um, going on the road to a tough place to play at West Virginia, which I believe is picked ninth in the uh, very tough Big 12 Conference uh, preseason poll out of 14 teams, uh, of which they'll send 10 or 11 teams probably to the NCAA tournament. But good, strong road showing for a Bears team that uh, should be uh, very quality and maybe the best of Dana Ford's teams that he's put together since he's been in Springfield. Um, they've got a big one coming up on Monday night. Oral Roberts comes to Great Southern Bank Arena. Of course, ORU was uh, one of last year's March Madness Cinderella's, so get your tickets now for that one. Tough loss for the uh, football Bears last weekend as they fell uh, 36-35 on a last-second play, uh, actually a two-point conversion to Illinois State. Football Bears are 3-6 and six now. They've got Northern Iowa coming to town for a 2 p.m. Senior Day kickoff this Saturday at Plaster Sports Complex. Last chance to see the uh, football Bears under Ryan Beard uh, this season. Evangel Football's got a big one at home. Uh, we call home Nixa Eagle Stadium. They're home Saturday at 1 o'clock to play Bethel. The Valor are 9-0 and and ranked ninth nationally, and we're going to talk to Coach Chuck Heppel in depth here in just a couple minutes about his uh, Valor team and their great season they've put together. Finally, it's high school football district championships uh, on tap this week. Get out and watch one of these Friday night. Got some great local matchups. Uh, Class 6, you've got Joplin at Nixa. That should be a fun shootout between those two. Uh, Republic is at Lebanon in Class 4, as well as McDonald County at Bolivar. Class 3, you've got Mountain Grove at Ava. And what could be an all-night shootout, uh, those two teams scored 72 and 67 points in their semifinal wins. Mount Vernon at Seneca in Class 3 also will be a great one. Seneca, the top-ranked team in the state. Stratford at Fairgrove in Class 2 and Kabul at Marionville in Class 1. Good luck to all those teams as it's either win or go home, and if it goes home now, a lot of them means it becomes full-time deer hunter. So uh, good luck to those squads. Get out and support them this week. Special guest today on the Around the Ozark Sports Scene, our Episode 5, is the head coach of the Evangel Valor. He's got his team off to a 10-0 start, ranked number 9 nationally in NAIA. One of the good guys out there in the game. I love always catching up with Chuck Heppler. Chuck, thanks for joining us. 
Hey, appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. You betcha. Uh, you guys coming off a, a big win on the road, uh, a thriller 17-14 at Southwestern in Kansas there to, to move to 10-0, and and, and number nine uh, in the national poll now. I've been steadily climbing up there. Of course, uh, you and I have talked in the past in the in the live radio world. Uh, I've always been an Evangel fan since my first assignments back in the uh, – mid-80s, including covering the football Crusaders. I had guys like Dave Schrader and Keith Bearfield, Tony Dollinger, Don Decker, uh, Ron Este, even though I never understood a word Este said. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody really does, but just a lot of memories of those uh, Evangel teams, and it's great to see you kind of uh, carrying on the winning tradition with that program. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, those are guys that, you know, I mean, just uh, great men, great coaches, in fact, uh, Coach Bearfield was in the office today, so I was able to kind of chat with him a little bit, and and uh, so so yeah, just you know, proud of the tradition here at Evangel, and and uh, you feel a responsibility to keep that tradition going, and uh, just proud of really how Evangel supports us. You know, the community supports us. Uh, sometimes we'll go to away games, and I'm thinking, man, I'm just I was telling the coach the other day, we should be thankful for where we're at because you know people show up to watch us play. And, and unfortunately, that's not the, you know not the case for everybody around around the country. So we're very thankful for that. Absolutely, and and of course uh, the momentum has continued to build throughout the year as you've stayed unbeaten. Got a big one coming up on Saturday with Bethel coming in. Uh, they're six and four this year, but I noticed they were nine and one last year. Uh, we say coming to town, but you're back down at Eagle Stadium in Nixa. Kind of set the stage for us for what's at stake with the Evangel versus Bethel this Saturday. Yeah, so, you know, we don't want to uh, leave anything to chance. We don't want to leave anything to the Raiders, you know, and the, the guys that uh, that rank the teams to get into the playoffs. And so so really our mindset is is just to get out there and play uh, for 60 minutes as hard as we can. And uh, hopefully at the end of the game we're victorious and then uh, we leave nothing to chance because if we win, uh, then we're outright champions and, and then we've got an automatic berth into the playoffs this year, the playoffs have 20 teams compared to 16 that they've had in the past and so uh we want to be one of those uh you know one of those 20 teams that's in the playoffs and then you know on top of that you want to be able to get uh, an auto- automatic berth and be be ranked high enough that you could possibly have that first round bye to be able to kind of collect yourself and then play that following week and so so really our, our main goal is just to take care of this week and, and Bethel again good football program uh nine and one they shared the conference championship last year and so uh, so, you know, obviously they could potentially, uh, with a win, share it, you know, as well. There'd be a three-way tie for it, but we want to win it outright, so that's our goal and mindset. New conference this year with the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference. Uh, looking back now here in November of uh, 2023, how beneficial and in what ways has the move been for Evangel football and the university as a whole to that conference? Yeah, it's uh, man, it's it's really helped us immensely from a travel perspective. I can tell you that. You know, we're, um, you know, we stayed in the same hotel for four four different away games, and uh, because all of them are kind of near the the Wichita area, and so you know, we weren't traveling, you know, nine hours there playing a game, spend the night play the game, and then get up the next morning and drive nine hours back. I mean, I mean, it's almost twenty four hours on a bus. And um, you know it's it, that that's rough on the student athlete and and uh, the heart we love the heart and the heart is a great great uh, conference and we enjoyed being in there but there's just there's just more and more northern teams and it just became more and more of a struggle for us when it came to travel so this has made it a lot nicer for us 
there's a lot of parity in this conference. Uh, a lot of teams that, you know, you'll, you'll see the scores go, wow, I didn't see that coming. And uh, some really, really well-coached teams, uh, schools that really have nice facilities, they take care of their facilities. So it's, it's, it's been a fun transition. We've enjoyed it, and uh, we'll just see what happens from there. Some of these schools obviously are, you know, old foes that Evangel played in the past too. So, uh, so you know, conferences realigned a uh, few times over the years, and so, so hopefully we can keep it rolling uh, now that we're in the KCAC. Absolutely, and and just kind of wondering, is there maybe a little bit of a chip on the shoulder for your guys uh, when they look at the national polls? And, and there's only four unbeaten teams left at NAIA. Uh, you guys are, are ranked ninth. The other three are nationally ranked one, two, and three. Do they view that as a little bit of maybe a slam on the new conference and, and strength of it? You know, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really ever. You know, I don't uh, talk to the kids about, even when we go to rankings, I have not mentioned what rank we were the entire year. Um, really, I haven't completely paint, painted the picture, you know, for our team this week. Like, I mean, like like we, we right now share the conference championship, and no matter what happens on Saturday, but I haven't even mentioned that to the team because that's not – you know our mindset our mindset is just being the best version of yourself it's like building a house i told him told him it's like uh you know monday tuesday wednesday at practice is basically your foundation so we're building a foundation on thursday you dress it up you dress up the home on on friday you pay attention to all the details and then on saturday you have open house and people want to come in and see what you've uh you've put together and that's really what our mindset is from week in week out i can't really control uh, how people feel about our team, you know, and, and whether or not they feel like we're up there in the polls. All we can do is just go out and do our job, and that's really not Coach Cliche. I actually mean that. I've I felt that way since my entire career, no matter what I was coaching. I just you know, enjoyed being in the moment and didn't worry about what was coming ahead and didn't worry about what happened in the past. We just enjoy what we're doing at that particular time and try to get the, uh, become the best football team and players we can be. Now that's kind of the opposite of Coach Prime, Chuck. I mean, he he uh, been keeping receipts on this thing about the national poll. You know that, but uh, yeah. Hey, what what do you like about this Evangel team in particular? I'll tell you one thing. I think that is is pretty statistically amazing. Is through ten games you have exactly one hundred and five first downs rushing, one hundred and five first downs passing. That's pretty good balance, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, it it really is, and and. Uh... You know what I do like about our team is, first of all, it's it's got that family feel to it, which we always really push for that. Um, you know, I'm I'm real big into the culture of our team and and how we see each other and and how you play for something bigger yourself. I'll just give you a small example. I always talk to our team that when you loaf on a play and you don't go hard, you're actually thinking about yourself. But when you play extremely hard on that play then you have to have more in you. You're thinking about somebody else or you're thinking about your why. And our guys really just traditionally play really, really hard on Saturdays, and it's because they're playing for something more than themselves. So I love the unity of our team. I love the unity of our staff. I love how our guys just get out there and just, uh, I mean, honestly, give it all they have. I mean, last week was, was very indicative of what we are. We played 60 minutes. I mean, goodness gracious, they scored with a minute 47 in the game. We kicked off, or they kicked off to us. The kickoff return took seven seconds. We got the ball back with a minute 40, and we were able to score in a minute and, uh, and you know, and take the lead. And then they got the ball back with 40 seconds. And then, 
you know, we're out there defensively to stop them to win the game. I mean, the team we played last week, I mean, they were another conference champ and made it to the playoffs. And so I was really pleased to see, see how my team just stuck together and just played their guts out for 60 minutes. Kind of looking at the numbers as I went down through that, you've got a sophomore running back, Eric Williams, with 12 TDs. Looks like he's kind of your banger on the ground. Um, got a local kid, Dylan Hester, doing it again, junior wide receiver from Stratford with 61 catches, 10 touchdowns. And you had a freshman from Rolla stepped up big there, Brock Lyle with the uh, game-winning TD. I believe he's your conference offensive player of the week. He's got six TDs. Um, are those kind of the three guys along with your, your quarterback to make it run? Yeah, without question. You know, at the running back position, it would be really Sammy Robinson and Eric Williams. I mean, they're kind of Sammy, – Sammy got – it was out for about three games just for an injury, and and those two guys are kind of the one-two punch, you know, at the running back position. Yes, R.J. Wakely at the quarterback positions had a really really nice season. Uh, Andrew Holden at the tight end position, he's from Mountain View Liberty, and has a, has a, had an outstanding season for us. And of course, you mentioned Dylan Hester from Stratford, and then Brock Lyle. Brock Lyle played quarterback in in high school in Rolla, and then now he's playing receiver for us. and and has done done really well. And then, you know, up front offensively, you know, at the offensive line, I mean, you got C.J. Anawahi from Kickapoo. Um, you got Dom Dawson from Mount Vernon. I'm just I'm trying to think of all the local guys that I've got sure. you know, right there because you were kind of highlighting some of those guys. But, um, I mean, I've got uh, a right tackle from Arkansas. I've got a um, right guard from Louisiana. Uh, so, and then a left tackle, really uh, two left tackles that kind of in and out uh, from the surrounding areas, the the Branson area and, and uh, so um, in Nevada area. So we've got some guys that are just you know local guys that just come out and just uh, just want to work and want to play hard. And so uh, so yeah, that's that's a big deal to see those guys get out there and perform. On the defensive side, I noticed uh, Zach Myers and Bradley Myers, one with eight and a half sacks, the other averaging thirteen tackles a game. Both from Lee Summit West. Are we talking twins or brothers? What do we have here? Yeah, they're brothers, not twins. Okay. But, uh, um, Bradley's the oldest one of, of them, and Bradley's leaving the, leading the nation currently in tackles, and so uh, he's had a very nice season. And of course, his brother Zach uh, is a defensive end for us, and, and uh, is you know stand out there setting the edge and and uh, trying to get sacks for us. And so, so yeah, again, you know, kind of the Kansas City area. I mean, you know, we can get there in a tank of gas. That's what we always talk about recruiting, and so um, so you know, some quote unquote you know local guys you know there for us and. Uh, so yeah, having a nice season. Let's talk about Chuck Heppola. People are like who who is this guy? Uh, you know, we're not talking about a guy that was thrust into a head coaching job at, as a thirty-something or late twenty-something. It's a guy that has paid his dues to get to this point and and uh, worked up the chain to to get to be the head football coach at Evangel, his alma mater. Kind of take us down the path uh, of Chuck, the former Evangel student, how you got back to this point. Yeah, so, you know, I coached uh, high school football for 11 years, and uh, here, you know, I graduated from Vandal and started coaching around here. I really didn't have any desire to coach college, and uh, really what caused that desire to kind of pop into place for me is one day I go in and meet with Reuben Berry. Reuben Berry was the head coach at Willard at the time I was working for, and it was on a Sunday, and we were getting ready to talk game plan, and he said, hey, I need to ask you a question. He said, there's this a school in Texas that's wanting to restart uh, college football, and they've asked me to be their head coach, and would you like to come with me? And, um, you know, at the time, I didn't have kids. I remember going home and telling my wife that. We got in the car, drove to church, and was just sitting there talking about it. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I thought, well, maybe I do have the ability to coach college football. I never thought about it. 
and uh, so that that particular moment, and um, and then you know things went on, and unfortunately he ended up uh, getting you know getting sick, and then eventually passing away. But that's really what what set the tone for me, and then just kind of God guiding me in that direction, and then uh, then I ended up um, working at the University of Tulsa. I met Steve Crackdorp, who I worked for at Tulsa at a, at a um, at a clinic, and uh, we just started visiting. He called me, wanted me to, to kind of ch- come check out, uh, you know, Tulsa there. And then the next thing you know, I'm working at Tulsa, and so that was an FBS school. And then I left there and went to uh, East Central University, which is Division Two school. Um, it's uh, in that that school. There was like three coaches on the staff. Todd Graham was one of them. Uh, that you know was a longtime head coach. He was. Uh, an event, or I'm sorry, an East Central alum, and so those guys pushed me towards that. Took that job, then went to Louisiana Monroe, and uh, actually Louisiana Monroe, I was the um, um, the football ops guy, and so that was actually huge for me. I really didn't enjoy the job, but but as far as the job is concerned, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because when you become a head coach, the football ops guy has to know everything within the program, and so that that helped train me. So the good Lord knew that was something I needed, and then. Uh, Went from there and and then went to um, oh goodness where did I go? Went to Nickel State, uh, which is an FCS school just like Missouri State, and it's in Thibodeau, Louisiana, south of New Orleans, and worked there for a while. And then Evangel uh, called me as an assistant coach, took it, and then less than six months later, I'm the head coach. And and really that wasn't in in the plan, but man, the good Lord had a great plan for our family. And and I've uh, just taken all those things I've learned from all those coaches over the years and. And just pieced them together. I knew I wanted to be a head coach. I just um, just wasn't forcefully trying to trying to find that, you know. And it just worked out for me. And I'm just thankful for um, for the opportunity to coach these young men and to to have the guys that work with me. And and uh, it's just a pleasure and an honor. And and I'm very thankful for it. I'm sure having been a, an Evangel alum and a student there it helped in this. Uh, process but because you can't just recruit any kid to come be a football player at evangel university they've got to fit the profile of an evangel evangel student how early in the recruiting process do you kind of make the expectations clear of a kid coming to play football at evangel and what are some of those expectations yeah you're you're exactly right but i will say this i mean we've uh, i've worked at five different universities and every university has a fit so I think sometimes people think, well, because you're this type of school, you know, you have that fit. Well, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, when I'm in South Louisiana, there's there's a fit there because I mean, you're living in you know Cajun country, and and there's a certain type of fit there. And and uh, University of Tulsa is an extremely high uh, academic um, institution, so there's obviously a fit there. So every place has that. But but yeah, in in recruiting, we are. Um, I just tell people I'm a straight shooter. Um, this is the best way I can describe it. I always tell them, hey, I, I love music. I'm a music lover. I've got no skills. I can't sing. I can't dance. I've got no no skills, but I love music. You'll be surprised what's on my phone that I listen to. I said, but when it comes to music, whatever, when I hear a song on the radio and I go hear my concert, it better sound the same. Because if it doesn't sound the same, I feel like, what did I just pay for? I felt like I got cheated for whatever I got paid for. When it comes to recruiting at Evangel, we just basically tell them, this is how we do things. And if you don't want that, this is not the place for you. And so, and if you want that, this is the place for you. And what we want is we want guys that, that are going to go to class consistently, going to be high character, that uh, obviously their their spiritual life and you know is very, very important to them. And they understand that we're going to integrate faith in everything we do here at Evangel. And, 
and we're going to push them to be the very best they can be so that when they graduate, they'll be great husbands, great dads. I want them to be the greatest, you know, the best employer, uh, employee that employer has. I want them to be a better dad than the wife ever expected. I want to be a better husband than the wife ever expected. And we just push them to be those things. And we just tell them up front, that's what we're going to do here. And if you don't want that, this isn't the place for you. And that's always worked in our recruiting model because unfortunately, I've recruited at a bunch of different schools, and sometimes recruiters tell them things that aren't true, and then they get there, and the music doesn't sound the same. And that's why those guys get disheartened. And we really haven't had a lot of people leave our program over the years. If they've left, it's usually been uh, financial, or it's usually been, um, you know, maybe maybe the major they wanted. They changed their major, and we don't have it here at Evangel. And so, so we really, really, really push hard. Uh, this is how we do things, and this is what the way it's going to be when you get here. I've got to think that because you have so many kids that are of like mind and, and interests and and just their approach to life there, that the ratio of football players who leave with a wife from Evangel is pretty high, isn't it? I would say that's a, that's a pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. In fact, uh, we're uh, we're going to practice on Friday morning. Um, you know, this week we usually practice in the afternoon. We're going to do it Friday morning because we've got a former player and coach that's getting married and and. Um, you know, he really wanted us to be, you know, the entire staff there. So we're going to practice in the morning just to make sure we can get to his wedding. Am I correct? Your wife was an Evangel student, too? My, yep. My wife is an Evangel student. Uh, my son went to school here. My daughter went to school here. My brother went to school here and met his wife. My wife's parents went to school here. And uh, so, so yeah, we've, we've got a long lineage of uh, people that have graduated from Evangel. Well, my brother-in-law went to school here as well. So, And then my brother-in-law's... Uh, oldest daughter went to school here so so got uh, got a lot of family that have come in and out of evangel and honestly evangel is a special place and i will say this i mean obviously uh, my upbringing the god first of all the god that i serve my upbringing and then and then a, a school like evangel here has been a life-changing for me uh because you're around people that are high achievers high character and uh and i'm a big believer i tell the team this you are the five people that you hang around with so, I mean, think about what you are every day and then think about the five people you hang around with. That's that's really you. And so you want to be around people like that. And so that's what I love about Evangel because I come to work and I can be around those type of people. And, uh, and I mean, I've been, you know, at these other places, there have been people like that too. I'm not painting this picture like Evangel is the only place that that has that because that's not true. But I will say this, uh, the people here at Evangel are, are what makes this place great. The irony of the whole thing is you recruit these kids for a couple of years, then they start recruiting their wife for four years when they get there, right? I mean, it just you start the process, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. We actually tell them when they come to school here that it's not a four-year decision, it's a 40-plus year decision. Yeah, because, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you, you graduate from here and the degree you get. And, and I, you know, I know this much. Uh, you know, my daughter's currently in dental school. She graduated from here. So... I, I only say that not to brag on my daughter, but to, to brag on the God that we serve and for the opportunity for her to be there and, and get this degree and be able to do that. But, I mean, I can certainly – I don't mind bragging on her, too, because she is my daughter. And then and then my son is, you know, has got a full-time job here in town and uh, working for one of the, um, you know, one of the hospitals here in town. And and uh, so they both got degrees here. And so, you know, I always tell the recruits, hey, listen, the, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, both kids graduated from here had a great experience and now they're doing very very well and am i saying that's going to happen for your kids i don't i, I can't predict that but I, all i know is they're going to have opportunities and that's what makes this place great
You know, we were talking earlier about some of your guys, and and I, I always am fascinated by the mix you get on your roster. I mean, you've got kids from Mountain View and Stratford and Joplin and Nixa and the Springfield schools, but you've got kids from California and Texas and Georgia. Wash, you even found one from Delaware. I didn't know there were football players in Delaware. I saw on the <laughs> roster, but um, you know that's where the the Evangel uh, mission comes into play. I know your nationwide network there. Um, kind of wanted to find out, you know, with all the talk of the transfer portal now at the the D one level, has there been any trickle down? I mean, do you get guys because there's so many kids that go into the portal that think they're going to another Power Five or Division One and a lot of them filter down the division uh, two. I'm sure. Does the NAIA kind of kind of get some of these guys too in the end? You know, we don't really dabble into the the uh, portal much. Um, you know, we could if we wanted to, but um, I just you know I've never been much into that. We we consider so, ourselves a developmental program. Um, you can look at our quarterback, for instance, R.J. Wakeley. He's been here for a number of years, and. Um, you know, he had to wait his turn to be able to play. And um, and so now he's playing, and he's had an exceptional season. In fact, uh, you know, he started for us last year, so we had a really good season last year, really good season this year. And he was the starter last year and this year. And so it's just fun fun to watch him develop. And, and um, you know, I, I'm, I try to tell these, these kids all the time, listen, hey, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, and um, listen, you need to be where you're at. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes things don't go your way. And so when things don't go your way, what do you do? You just grind, man. You just you figure out. I always tell the team, you got two choices. You either pout or you get better at what you're doing. And I said, and unfortunately, there's no pouting allowed here. And so, you know, that's just – and that's, that's how I raised my kids. You know, I told my kids – we told our kids growing up, me and my wife, that this, there's no pouting at the house and, and this is just the way it goes. And so – Unfortunately, with that portal, uh, I think the portal is good because it does allow – there are instances where you're just not a good fit there for the coach, and the coach is not a good fit for you. And sometimes there is change that's necessary, but at the same time, sometimes that's open the doors for guys to make changes when they really don't need to be making changes. And so uh, so our goal is just to, 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 to recruit high school kids, get them here, develop them, and make them the best we can be, and, and uh, that's what our goal is. Absolutely, and a, a very exciting time on the Evangel campus. I mean, ten and zero football team in a new conference. Uh, big game Saturday, I believe, a one o'clock kickoff down at Nixa. You couldn't pick a better uh, local stadium while you're waiting for your own there than to play at the Nixa Eagles Field. What's the status of things uh, with Evangel football facility wise going forward? Yeah, so right now, north of our uh, turf field, we have a turf field on on campus here with lights and. We actually play men's and women's soccer out there, so they have the ability to play a game. They just don't have the ability to play a football game because we don't have the press box and the stadium seating and so forth. And so, But north of that, they're building our new Valor Center right now, which has our new offices, new weight room, uh, new locker room, new training room, new visiting locker room, and then there'll be a new basketball facility that'll be farther north on that facility, and then with offices for a lot of the other sports. So the football side of it will be on the south of it. I'll be able to go out on the second floor out of my office and overlook the stadium. And so uh, that's that's in the process of being built literally as we speak. There's there's uh, there's boots on the ground right now as we speak out there working. And uh, that should be a portion of it should be ready by uh, this next summer. And then uh, and then once the Valor Center is, is complete, 
then they'll they'll start looking towards to having a uh, on-campus stadium. I mean, I'm really proud of what we've been able to develop. I mean, goodness gracious, in the last, I don't know, I haven't checked any attendance things this year, but the previous seven years we've been in the top ten of the nation in average attendance. In fact, 2019 we were number one in the nation, and last year, 2022, we were number two in the nation and uh, in attendance and average attendance, and we're traveling 30 minutes away to go play. And the students are traveling, traveling 30 minutes. And so can you imagine what that's going to be like when we have that on our, on our own campus? And so it's just, it's, it, the momentum is, is, is coming and it's hitting us and in a positive way. And, and I can't wait for them to do that. That will be an absolute game changer for the campus and the Evangel University community. Absolutely. Well, Chuck, uh, we wish you the best. Uh, congratulations on a great season so far. Finish it off the right way this Saturday, and let's go on a long playoff run, okay? I appreciate it. That's the goal, and and we appreciate the opportunity. You bet. Thanks for your time, Chuck. Time for our Scott's Thoughts segment that we wrap up uh, each podcast with, kind of my general random ramblings in a lot of cases about things on the area sports and national sports scene. But uh, a couple thoughts here uh, in the past week. I I love the way that Ryan Beard, the Missouri State football coach, handled the – the present and the aftermath of their last-second heartbreaking loss there on the uh, controversial two-point conversion, catch, not catch, whatever you want to call it, with Illinois State. Um, I thought he had just the right amount of pushback you know, right after the game with the media and then following up a couple days later with his comments uh, about the officiating to the Valley. I mean, it's a guy that's going to defend his his players and his teams to the hilt, and, and I love that. And uh Thought he handled that wise beyond his years. So uh, I think Bears fans got a good one in that uh, big chair for uh, Missouri State football if they'll just be patient and see where this can go with him. By the way, watching that play over and over, I can still kind of see both sides of the call. You know, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's on uh, social media, but a little pass out in the flat to a back by Illinois State for the two point conversion. He caught it, kind of made a football move, stepped toward the goal line, uh, reached out to break the plane, did, and then bobbled it out of bounds. And, you know, the kid's reaction didn't help his cause much because he made it act like he'd just blown the game, so he didn't sell it real well. But, you know, in theory, he did make a football move, break the plane uh, with the ball, which is all he has to do at that point, and uh, then bobbled it. So I I can see both ways. Uh, Tough call for those officials. But, again, um, that's football, and that's the way it happens. So that kid needs to learn how to be a better actor, I would say. Mizzou showed me a lot in a 30-21 to loss at Georgia. Dropped the Tigers to 7-2. and It's still a great start for them. I'll tell you what I liked is that's the kind of game that Mizzou would have blown out, been blown out in in the past. Uh, going to Georgia, the two-time defending national champion, Tigers kind of hung in there blow for blow, and I think that was uh, even in a loss uh, – a game that kind of turns a corner for Eli Drinkowitz and his Tigers. Um, you know, I think if they don't make that showing, you get a lot of people that are kind of thinking same old Tigers with Coach Drink. But I think this group's different. It's his best team in five seasons. Uh, I think that uh, they're on to something there. I, I kind of look for Mizzou to continue to take uh, good strides in football under uh, Coach Drink. Sometimes a tweak does wonders for a program. Just look at Arkansas football. They made a change at offensive coordinator after a three-point showing at home in a 7-3 loss to Mississippi State that was just dismal. They um, fired uh, offensive coordinator Dan Enos, gave the job to their wide receivers coach Kenny Guyton, 
Two weeks later, they score 39 points and win at the Swamp in a road game at Florida for the first time in school history. So that move probably saved Sam Pittman's job, I would think, in the offseason. And it actually gives Arkansas fans something to watch here in these last three games. You know, they've snapped the six-game losing streak. Now they've kind of got the offense back uh, with K.J. Jefferson and uh, you know and company there. I think it'll be fun to see how they can finish out. They've got Auburn this Saturday. I believe Florida International at home, and then the annual border battle with Mizzou. So uh, Fogs, Hogs football fans now have something else to pay attention to this fall besides their basketball team. And I will say this. This edition of Razorbacks basketball is loaded. I think they're a Final Four team come early April. They're deeper than they were last year. They may be more talented than they were last year. And Springfieldian Trevin Brazil is right in the middle of that talented group for uh, Coach Must down there. Um, uh, Trevin, if you remember, played at Parkview and then Kickapoo. 6'9", 6'10", runs the floor. He's added about 30 or 40 pounds since high school. The kid is going to have a long and prosperous NBA career, I think. But right now he's going to be a big reason you need to watch uh, the Razorbacks and and get on the must bus down there. The Chiefs, a good win uh, overseas in Germany over the Dolphins on Sunday morning. Kind of got their ship righted after a – very mediocre effort at Denver the week before in what we can call the flu game with Patrick Mahomes. But uh, I kind of think this is kind of heading back to the same place with maybe the Chiefs and the Bengals, their buddies. Uh, they've got a matchup on New Year's Eve in the regular season. I think we may get a repeat uh, a few weeks later there in an AFC championship game between two very good offensive teams. I think all this Kansas City team needs is somebody to doubt them because every time somebody in the national media – counts them out like they did after the Denver game, they kind of rally and respond well. So uh, media people out there get to uh, dogging the Chiefs in early January to get them uh, a little fire down the stretch. Finally, congrats to our area high school state champions from the past weekend. That includes the Fairgrove girls in volleyball. Of course, they won a state basketball championship back in uh, late March of, of last season. And in cross country, the Hermitage boys, Chadwick and Stockton girls. Well done, youngins. Be sure to play the Guess the Chiefs score on the Around the Ozarks and Midwest Family Radio websites. All you got to do is go on each week, pick what you think will be the final score in the Chiefs game. You'll get a chance to win Chiefs tickets and or autographed memorabilia if you get the right score there and are the right entry drawn. And wanted to add lastly that you can now rate this podcast after listening. So we encourage you, if you like what you hear, to take a second and give us a few stars uh, on the Around the Ozarks sports scene with Scott Purrier. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening.